This La Liga winning edition of the Managing Wizard podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code MANAGINGMADRID at manscaped.com. Manscaped are the leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, and you can join over 2 million men worldwide who use their wonderful products. And as always, we'd like to start the pod- podcast by giving out a Manscaped Man of the Match award, which goes to the person who's Manscaped the most and therefore has had the best performance on the pitch. So Matt Wiltsey is joining me today, and he's going to tell us who wins that Manscaped Man of the Match award. Well, first off, congratulations to the 35-time champions, La Liga champions, Real Madrid. And today's match was a bit of a, a cruise control match and a match where Real Madrid swept aside their opponents for nothing and a big Big player, rotational piece, but he was a big player in this match and played really well, looking to earn more minutes in the squad, was Dani Ceballos. He was great. He used his Manscaped tools, was our Manscaped man of the match. So well done, Dani Ceballos. Listeners, if you want to play like Dani Ceballos, go to manscaped.com and use code MANAGINGMADRID for 20% off and free shipping. And coming up, we're going to talk about Real Madrid's title-winning, title-clinching game against Espanyol and who else Manscaped because there was several great performances today and we go through all of that. Listeners, again, 20% off and free shipping with the code MANAGINGMADRID over at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. This title-clinching episode of the Managing Madrid podcast is also brought to you by Moxie Miami South Beach Hotel who are proud sponsors of the Managing Madrid podcast world tour. You can work out, play, and party at Moxie. Hang out with the locals as they bring you the best of Miami's culture entertainment and fitness to you with local DJs, live musicians, and complimentary hashtag sweat at Moxie rooftop workouts. Hotel guests enjoy free Moxie beach cruisers and a 24-7 state-of-the-art indoor-outdoor fitness center outfitted with techno gym equipment. Check out their events calendar for additional fun and free events including rooftop movie screenings, mezcal tastings, spirit animal reading, silent disco beach cleanups, and more. Big thanks to Moxie for sponsoring the world tour. We got two stops left. We're going to Mumbai in May, and we're also doing Toronto in May. Links to book your spot are in the show notes. And coming up is a very positive and upbeat podcast, all things Real Madrid. We talk about Real Madrid beating up Espanol with their B team 4-0 on the night they win the 35th. And celebrations are ongoing as we speak. The team is at Cibeles right now as we record this. Uh, but enjoy it. And to set us up, as usual, are Ray Hudson and Derek Ray. Let's go. Nice article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog. They're wonderful lads that do a great job there. And worth reading about that man there. Benzema needs to rest and the numbers reveal why. Times ended up almost looking like a 6-3-1. Some very good writing about that on the Managing Madrid website. Great podcast as well. Of course, Pere Valverde was a huge part of the equation. Hello and welcome to the greatest ever episode of the Managing Madrid podcast. It is Saturday, late afternoon, and we are here on the back of Real Madrid winning the 35th La Liga title in their history. And they do it with... A bunch of games in hand. I don't even know what the exact number is anymore. I think I knew it like earlier this morning, but I forgot. But it's just a lot. It's a lot, and it's an amazing feat considering the fact that, you know, this was considered to be part of a rebuilding process, which after the Cristiano Ronaldo era, the big signing that we had, Eden Hazard, did not work out. 
and we've had to kind of go with the squad we've had. We haven't had many injections, although to be fair, we've had a lot of great contributors who've been added to the squad since then, like Vinicius, like Rodrigo, uh, like Eduardo Camavinga, who played freaking center back today. I mean, that's that's the ultimate flex, to finish a game with Vallejo and Camavinga as your center backs in a title-clinching game. That's the ultimate flex. So congratulations to Real Madrid. Congratulations to all the fans around the world. Congratulations to Carlo Ancelotti. Congratulations to all the players. They're still celebrating as we record this podcast. And we're going to break it all down and probably get into some big picture stuff and just have uh, a fun podcast. So joining me, Kian Subani, is the great Matt Wiltsey. Matt, how are you? Hey, Kian. I'm doing great. Yeah, I think these days, these title celebration days, we just got to enjoy it. Enjoy it. They they come and go, but you you never know. I mean, there could be eras where just like the the Galactico era where we went how many years? I think it was four or five years without a trophy. So you just you gotta don't take these times for granted. Just it's it's awesome to see the players celebrating, to see Nacho carry on the tradition, um, the the Toro tradition with uh, what Raul and Sergio Ramos used to do. And so just I'm really enjoying seeing these images, seeing some of the clips from the celebration. So my recommendation to everyone is just take it in, take it in, enjoy it. Let's let's use this good energy and these good vibes for for Wednesday's Wednesday's upcoming match. And you mentioned it like there's plenty of storylines from this season. There's plenty to to look at and everything that the up and downs with Carlo Ancelotti. But I think one thing that really stands out to me is just one and i think it it came up on a podcast with you and lucas before but the fact that we used to like we the past few seasons we looked at this team and said where are the goals going to come from where are the goals going to come from and after today asensio who has been in and out of the team and obviously has had his criticism but he's hit over 10 goals this season Vinicius junior over two, he's in double digits i think he's close to 20 goals now double digits in assists Kareem Benzema, 42 goals. Like this is Crazy. that for me, that's just insane. And it, it's, I'm so happy to see the team kind of take a step up in that department. And hopefully with the arrival of somebody by the name of Kylian Mbappe, it only, it only increases. I, I going through the list, almost everyone in the team has scored at one point apart from Fede, Marcelo, Hazard, Ceballos, and somehow Mariano didn't get a single goal, even though he didn't play much, but he just had, you know, he had enough chances, I'd say. But yeah, where are the goals? And where I was going to actually, I didn't even, I just realized I didn't even finish my thought in the intro. My thought was, this is supposed to be a rebuild process. And if you look at what we've done since Cristiano Ronaldo left, two league titles, Two consecutive back-to-back Champions League semifinal appearances. And who knows what's going to happen beyond that this season. I don't want to get my hopes too high. There's plenty of time to, to preview that game on Wednesday. But a lot of this will have to do with Benzema. Like a lot of this success. And he's done about an, as amazing of a job I've seen of a, from a Real Madrid player in the past 25 years. And I'm not exaggerating. Like it's been unbelievable and a privilege to see what he's been able to do. It's been remarkable. It's a lot of this is down to him. And we can talk about like nothing is done alone. It's impossible. We can talk about all the sidekick contributions of Vinicius, of Courtois, um, you know, Rodrigo coming good for so many of these goals in the last month or so. 
there are martyrs transcending in certain moments. There's a lot of, you know, just help that he's had. But in terms of someone, like, I don't, this, he's the MVP. He's the Ballon d'Or. He's like, you take him out of this team, it's, it's an unbelievable net difference without him. So just wanted to mention, like, it's an honor to watch him play. So is there part of you that would kind of, and, and don't worry, we won't judge you. You can be honest. Is there part of you that kind of wishes, like, or, or enjoys more the league title that's won on, on, on the last day of the season? Crowd going crazy, anxiety through the roof leading up to the, leading up to the final whistle. I felt like I'm not complaining. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm just thrilled that we have wrapped this up. Now we can focus on city. That's amazing news. But it was so anticlimactic, and uh, it's just kind of a weird, weird league title. I don't think I've ever experienced this. I mean, I I lived through the the year where we did you know Barca the Paseo there in the four one, and we had it wrapped up in advance. And I've 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 lived through certain league titles like that, but. I'm also just used to so much of the, you know, the Iguain goals versus uh, Osasuna, Mallorca, the last minute, you know, comeback against Mallorca on the last day of the season, uh, the Tamudaso the slash Root against Zaragoza that year, you know, that run up to the to the league the league championship, and then we had, you know, even 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 certain ones we won in the past, like since 2010, even though they haven't been that many. A lot of them have come down to the wire. Is a part of it that's just like, man, this really felt anticlimactic and weird. Um, yeah, maybe part of me. It, it's, I think, it'll those those more climactic league titles like the Tamudaso and the the comeback, all the comeback victories in two thousand six. Um, I mean, obviously the twenty twelve with Jose Mourinho versus Pep, like those live long in the memory just because of how intense it was and because of just coming down to the wire. But I think it's also nice to kind of be free of that anxiety of worrying about the title on the last, last day. You think about the match against Malaga in 2006, 2000, or sorry, 2016, 2017. Fortunately, we scored early in that match um, through Cristiano, I think it was, but it it is kind of nice to have, these league titles where you wrap it up early, the anxiety is, is gone. And, you know, we've seen way, way too many seasons of Barca doing this to us. So I, I kind of enjoy the the large gap we have here. And uh, Ian Darke mentioned it on the ESPN broadcast and we tweeted it out on the managing Madrid handle that this could be the league title with the largest points differential. Like if Barca lose another game, um, right now it's 17 points and Barca have to win tomorrow to close it back down to 15 points. Um, but 17 points would be the largest gap. So that would be, that would be a huge accomplishment. That would be really impressive. We'll see. Uh, like, you know, it, this could, that would be, I mean, the fact that it's 17 points now is really what matters to me. What happens from here on in doesn't matter so much. Like if we, if this withers, the league withers, the the point t- total withers. It really matters little. But, and it's possible given the fact that you know, really depending on how Ancelotti closes the season, what lineups he's going to go with, if we make the Champions League final, he has more more of an excuse to rest some of the players here and there and not drive them into the ground. And uh, if we get knocked out, maybe the starters will want to just continue playing every game. It doesn't I'm not sure how it'll unfold, but. The fact is, right now, until it's mattered the most, we've been relentless. You know, 
with results, we've been relentless, and that's that's really commendable. Um, Ancelotti now becomes the only manager in history to win <laughs> every single one of the top leagues. That's a crazy statistic. I don't care how long you've been around, how many co- good co- teams you've coached. That's unbelievable. I don't like. I don't even know if that's. I could do that if I was playing football manager. Like that's an incredible achievement. And for a, for a manager who has been dubbed as someone who is not good domestically, maybe like overarching, like that might be true in a general sense. If you look at his entire career, zoom out and look at the ratio of league titles he's won to the amount he's coached. But that's an unbelievable achievement, and uh, I think he deserves credit. You know. I, I kind of, this is like a, to me, I want to focus on the positive stuff because we've been critical of Ancelotti and I still think it, a lot of those criticisms will hold true. But his undeniable ability to get his team to just buy in his superstars to play freely and express themselves on the pitch. And you saw in the celebrations, you know, throwing him in the air. And that's pretty standard when, after winning the league title. But I think there's like genuine friendships with him. And uh, I, I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. And I would rather be talking about league titles and maybe criticizing some of his tactics rather than, you know, having these really cool tactical masterclasses but not having the balls to actually go on and win these big games and these and win these trophies. So congrats to Ancelotti. Yeah, I, he's just a great guy. And I, there's a lot of people I was just happy for, you know, Matt from Ancelotti to Marcelo to Jesus freaking Vallejo who, you know, has had a really rough time of it for the last few years with injuries and performances. He had a great game today. Danny Ceballos was great today. Marcelo on the, you know, passing Gento, obviously, for the most decorated player in Real Madrid history, had an assist for the Rodrigo goal. Rodrigo had a great game. Everyone off the bench was great. Benzema got his goal. There's just a lot of things I'm just, I'm, I'm happy for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think... Carlo, he he deserved this league title. Even you could argue in other seasons with Real Madrid, he came so close, both in uh, 2013, 2014, and 2014, 2015. He came so close. And so this time he took no chances. Obviously, sometimes we were uh, disappointed with the lack of rotations and just um, it felt like sometimes we were just grinding through it. But we did exactly that. And sometimes that's what it takes to, to win a league title. Um, so many, so many plot lines. Obviously, you you mentioned Kareem Benzema. And this year will go down as his year. And Florentino said after the match that um, there's no taking the Ballon d'Or from him this year. So we'll we'll see. I I, I I I'm obviously in agreement with Florentino, but we will see. It's never a sure thing. But Benzema has just been unbelievable. Vinny Junior, unbelievable. So many players, but. Um, in this game in particular, you you mentioned Vallejo. I think Ceballos was another guy who was just a top, top, top performance. I I have long been a fan of Ceballos, and I've defended him when others just kind of felt like he didn't have the quality to play for Real Madrid. But I think he definitely does, and he may be one of those guys that – he may never be a, a out-and-out starter for Real Madrid, but – He's got the quality to play for this club and he's got the quality to be an important squad member. And I think he showed that again today. He's been playing really well recently. Um, and he just, he's, he's got the right attitude. He's got, he's a professional like Ancelotti has said nothing but good things about Ceballos. He had just a number of crunching tackles today was confident. Like I would love to see him stay as part of this team. 
I I know there's been rumors of Real Bet a return to Real Betis, but there's also now been rumors that that the club want him to stay, and so um, I hope he is a guy that 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 ends up staying. And he, um, I, I could see him being like a Canales or a Dani Parejo, a guy that really comes into his best form in his late twenties, early thirties, and like really finds his footing. Then and he strikes me as that type of guy. Yeah, there's like a trajectory of players that will go through like that weird roller coaster of like the, the career arc of a really, really talented young player who lights the league on fire at some point, <clears throat> makes the jump, some things don't go his way, takes him a few years to bounce back and then goes on to have a really, really good career in that mold of players like the Canales and the uh, the Parejos. And I'm thinking back to my childhood, like Pedro Munitis, who was lights out, came to Real Madrid, wasn't so successful, but then he goes to Racing Santander and just becomes like Joaquin of the league for, for years and was such a good player. There's a lot of players like that. I think maybe Ceballos fits in that mold, but I actually think, you know, it, at this point, if he leaves Real Madrid next season, I think it's going to come down to his decision and not the club's. I think the club would be happy to keep him in a role like this. I think from what we gather from reports and also just from his performances, it seems like Ancelotti and the club have been convinced by what he's been doing off the bench. And then, I mean, I don't know how much today would sway someone because, you know, today was kind of an interesting just game where we put out a B team, Espanol rolled over. They didn't really pressure our back line. <clears throat> I mean, this is, I, I'm not really interested to talk about it that much, to be honest, but the fact that <laughs> all of their attacks went down the left, they didn't even really test Marcelo Vallejo on the other side. And uh, they didn't really put pressure on our black back line. But that's besides the point. Um, Ceballos was really good today. But I, I just don't know how much stock you take into a, these performances on a, on a day like today. But Ceballos has been really good. And I thought he was really good again today. And uh, I think what one of the things that, that struck me about him, he's playing with a bit of a bounce now, kind of the way he did with Betis, where it's like quick, direct, Great vision, to the point, direct paths to the box, helps the team progress, doesn't overcomplicate things, plays simple but also um, efficiently. There was a few of those plays today, like really throughout. And I mean, of course, in addition to that, lots of great touches and oohs and ahs from the burnabout that they thoroughly enjoyed his performance. But in in, in conjunction to the nice touches and the and the tricks and stuff and the dribbling and the passes, it was, it was a really hard-working performance from him. I mean, uh, I thought he there were moments in the first half like where Kamavinga would drift up up the field defensively, and he would go, Ceballos would go into the anchor role and cover for him, intercept a pass, be press-resistant, and then help launch a counter. <clears throat> and I thought he was just really good. Uh And I and I, again, I think it, if, if he ends up leaving Matt, it's probably going to be down to him. Um because, like, let's say if he stays, where's the what's the pecking order like? Do you he's probably still behind Kamavinga and Fede? Would you say does he just become the energy guy off the bench? Because the only the only thing I think is tricky with him is that his profile is similar to the Kamavinga Fede kind of player. Um, I think his profile is different. I think that's what gives him an edge. Because 
even today, I, I mean, I tweeted this out. Like, remember when he tried that pass, kind of that dagger pass between the the fullback and the center back um, to Rodrigo, and it, it didn't come off, but the Santiago Bernabeu applauded him because yeah, that was the type of, like, it, that kind of ingenuity, that that vision. Like, I don't think Camavinga Valverde are going to are try, try that pass. Maybe Camavinga more so than Valverde, but I, I think – Sabios is a guy that that's capable of it and he just brings he brings something different he's more of like a street footballer and I, I love those natural qualities that he has and his comfort on the ball his press resistance and so I think and like honestly I know some people like to um say he he didn't have a good time of it at Arsenal but that's not true we watched him for two years and it was kind of up and down at arsenal but there were periods where he was their best player i think they arsenal also, fans liked him i yeah I they, they really had a liked good ex- him. It, the experience overall was pretty good yeah yeah he he i mean i remember the summer after lockdown when they won the fa cup he was probably their best player he was playing lights out at that time um and he had ups and downs but he i think he's if you looked at his underlying numbers they're always fantastic like he is He's got it in him. He's got the talent. And I think playing, not playing in a double pivot, which we've said multiple times, playing in this role he was in today is is so much better for him. And he, I think this is like, he's, he's a guy that I think, like if you told him next season, hey, look, you've done a great job. You've earned a rotation role, like, and you've earned a bigger role in the team do you want to give this another go i think you could convince him i mean even even though he's behind camavinga and fede valverde he's still playing like manchester city he's behind camavinga and valverde but he still played chelsea he still played yeah like these are the biggest matches of the uh, the season and he's still having a role versus guys like um isco and however many others who just aren't even seeing the pitch so he's still even though he's behind some of the other midfielders, he still has a role. Well, he had 223 minutes in La Liga this season. I don't know if that counts today's or not. I don't know if it's been updated, but let's say if it's even that plus today's, I, that's going to be more next season if he stays because he also went through that injury period this season um, in the fall, right? I mean, and he I, was injured till like December. Yeah, so that number naturally will go up, and it, it, I think it'll just come down to will he be happy with that? Um, in my opinion... I think he should be because <laughs> it's just if if you're playing like a regular rotation of minutes at the biggest club in the world, it seems to be. I mean, I guess to each their own, but maybe he would well, prefer and, to. Lead as we've team. seen with other players too, like there's no guarantee. Yeah, maybe you go to Real Betis, but there's no guarantee it works out for you there. Like you have something carved out at Real Madrid and potentially important role. The coach likes you. Like build on this. There's no guarantee, no matter where you go, that it, it works out. That and you never know, God forbid, if there's injuries at Real Madrid and all of a sudden you, you're being asked to start for like a month straight, you know, that could fall in your lap too. So it's true. Um, I wanted to say something else about Spies. Oh, just going through his numbers today. Game high, 96 touches on the field. Um, 95% passing on 80 passes complete on 80 passes overall four completed dribbles also a game high it's the energy for me I, one of the things like with Arsenal one of the criticisms he was getting was that maybe he would dabble on the ball too much maybe he would do too many 180 turns here and there the very similar criticisms of what Isco would get 
I thought today, and even all in all these cameos off the bench, he's he hasn't had that kink to his game. I think he's been sharp. I think he's been decisive and incisive. I liked it. I I didn't think he dabbled on the ball at all. Um, <clears throat> Vallejo thought he was good one on one defensively. Thought he defended cross as well, which I thought has been a historical weakness of his. He had two really great tracking sequences. One to block uh, the shot of, I don't know who shot it, but it was from a Alex Fidal cutback. Great tracking overall. He wasn't tested much, but I was happy for him. Another one that just a good guy, a good guy, a good kid. Bad luck with injuries. I just hope, and I don't think it's a, it's not like I'm, I'm not using this as like a monologue, like, oh, we should resign Vallejo or whatever, but like, I just hope he can turn it around wherever he goes. I, I hope he can have a solid career. Any thoughts on him? I thought he was really good. You mentioned some of the blocks like inside the box. I think of one um, sliding tackle, like last ditch sliding tackle. He had to cover across and block the goal. He, I'm always, even, even in some of his poor performances on loan, I'm always impressed with his passing. Like that's his number one skill set. He just, the way he passes the ball so crisp so on point every single time. Um, and so I think I thought he had a relatively easy day at the office, nothing to do in transition. Didn't have to defend like huge spaces behind him. And that's where he struggles. So today it was, it was the perfect conditions for him to do well. And honestly, like this is what you want to see at the end of the season in the spring. Like when you put rotation rotational pieces out there, and they play really well, and you just have good vibes in 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 the squad. I think sometimes you get you either get one or the other in the springtime. You either get like everything's clicking, rotational pieces are playing well when they come in. It's just all it's all feeling really good. Or you get the opposite end of the spectrum where when you rotate, it it falls apart. There's no there's no plan B. Um, you've got to play your starters, things just, everybody's tired, you're out of all competitions, et cetera, et cetera. So it's always nice to get to this point of the season and you have those guys playing really well. And it's, it, I'm sure it gives him confidence coming away. It makes him feel like part of the team today during the celebrations. And so that's nice. You've you got to be happy for him. Yeah, it's 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 just a special night for him. And I think he, I, I'm, I'm happy for him to experience that. I also think, it's an interesting scenario of this game because usually when you play some of these fringe players, it's typically like what? In a Copa del Rey game, which is even trickier now these days because um, after the format change in the Copa del Rey, there's more at stake. Like it's a lot of you have to win that game because it's a one-off game. And it's, it's not necessarily an easy game even though you're playing a lesser opponent or whatever. Today was unique in the sense that a bunch of these guys got to play and there wasn't pressure like you didn't feel it didn't feel like a pressure popping situation because no matter what happens Rams are going to get one point and win the league at some point right and so I, I feel like there was it was actually a good good time to play these players because there wasn't much pressure on on their shoulders where are you on the debate of like you know there was a lot of outrage with Mordor starting this game a lot of outrage with Benzema coming in even Vinicius at the end where do you stand on that spectrum, whether they should have played or not? It's obviously a risk. It's, I think I wasn't as surprised about Modric just because he came off, I think it was around the 70th minute mark against City. So maybe you could argue that he's a little bit more well-rested. And you made the point on Twitter how he said 
He likes to play as many matches as possible to keep game rhythm. Mm -hmm. So obviously there's that argument to it, but you're always just a little bit worried if something happens. Like in hindsight, if, if something did happen, like Carlo Ancelotti would be criticized to no end. So he got away with it today. Obviously, he got away. Benzema scored. Vinny got an assist. Like, it just worked out perfectly. But there is definitely a risk. And me personally, would I have done it? I don't know. Maybe I would have given them, like, 10 minutes at the end just so they could be on the field for, for the La Liga title celebrations. But I yeah. don't know if I would do much more than that. <laughs> that was my thought as, as well. But, it, it, I mean, it turns out in the end, because I said, like, Carlo, if you want to bring him on the field, bring him on in the 99th, like, just – as the last second possible before the final whistle is when I would have brought him in. But even then, if he didn't get on the field, it wouldn't have mattered because everyone was on the field anyway, you know, getting the trophy and celebrating and having fun. So I don't even know if that mattered much. But to me, like, you know, and, and Benzema scores. And I'll, maybe some people will say, well, Ancelotti was right. <laughs> Why are you guys freaking out? To me, it was when I saw Benzema coming in, to me it was like playing Russian roulette. Like, you just never know what could... Especially with, by the way, <clears throat> put Alex Vidal on the table with Raul Garcia, Jordi Alba of, of players I just can't stand. There's a lot of ex-Barca players that are just ingrained that they hate us and they go extra hard physically with us. Can't stand it. I, and I really, like, that left a bad taste in my mouth when Alex Vidal went in late, late on Marcelo as well towards the end of the game. Especially with players like him on the field. I'm kind of, I just, like, you know, there's, do we really need to risk this? Is it, is it possible? But there is, a, there is another side of this argument that it is a game that you can pad your stats and gain some confidence. Not that Benzema needs confidence, but, like, I think maybe for Vinicius, maybe, um, it could have been good. But, you know, there's that side of the coin too, I guess, but... It was a risk. Um, where do you want to go from here? Um, maybe we can just talk about some of the things from from the first half. Um, I guess we're. It was interesting tactically to see us line up with Casemiro at at center back alongside Vallejo. I thought he. I, I didn't honestly think it was a great game from Casemiro. He had a couple of like really rash, heavy challenges on uh, RDT, um, including like a crunching tackle in the seventh minute, which just came out of nowhere. It was kind of unnecessary, but maybe he was looking to send send RDT a message early on in the game. Um, and then I just thought like there were some nice sequences, some nice interchanges between uh, down the left between um, Rodrigo, Modric, Kamavinga. I think you saw Asensio bring down the ball really well and play a cross-field switch to to Rodrigo. Um, obviously, having Rodrigo on the left, cutting in on his right foot, scores two goals. Like honestly, the first finish too was just was brilliant. Um, and so I think it's he he's Rodrigo's coming into the end of the season here playing really well. Like he's on a a, a good run of form getting some end production to his game now, which is the one kind of big question mark over him. It's like, come on, you need, you need more goals and assists to your game. Um, and so he, he's contributing in that manner. And I think he's, he looks really good in this one and nice to see him have that type of cameo on the left. Rodrigo was awesome yet again. <clears throat> I mean, this, this naturally brings up the debate again. Well, how are you going to fit Mbappe and Vinicius if they're both 
better on the left. And now Rodrigo in that similar situation too. Although, you know, uh, Rodrigo's probably going to lose out if everybody's healthy in terms of where he gets to play, unfortunately. But it's, I, I suppose, in a way, it's a good problem. Um, I still think like there was there's some, a few interesting tactical wrinkles that not only were apparent today, but have appa- been apparent throughout the season. Um, Asensio obviously played primarily on the right side. Um, but there were situations in this game where he comes to the left and overloads that side. I think there's going to be a lot of that with Mbappe. In my, I, that's how I see it playing out. But it's true that it's not going to be like that all game, and one of them is going to have to be mostly on the right. Um, <clears throat> on uh, on the uh, Rodrigo's first goal, I mean, we can talk about Rodrigo, both of Rodrigo's goals, but I thought they were both great. He beautifully, beautifully taken on both of them. It was nice to see Marcelo get the assist. Um, I guess I was really hoping that Marcelo would get a goal and, and do some more stuff, but he didn't. But it was nice to see that. Uh, on Mariano, am I allowed to say that he worked hard defensively, or do people not want to? Are not interested in that. Like by the time he um, does that shoulder challenge and wins the ball, and Rodrigo scores with the second goal, that was his third really good defensive play up until that point. I thought he was putting good pressure on the ball carriers. He was tracking. Um, this thing with Mariano is like, I know he's kind of turned into a meme, but what I will say about him is that I will. I I admire the fact that he doesn't ghost in games. You know what I mean. I sure I wish he could score more goals um, and I wish maybe his footballing IQ was higher but I do admire the fact that he puts it out there he lays it out he he works hard if he's not scoring he's doing other things I, I admire that aspect of him what happens to him where should he where's like a good landing spot for him I don't know I mean I thought when Benfica came for him I thought that was like a good move um, and I think that's probably his the perfect club for him maybe even a move back to Lyon he did so well there but he uh even today I was surprised when you said at the start of the pod that he he hasn't scored today because I was trying to think about or hasn't scored all season I was thinking about it I'm like wow yeah I guess he hasn't yeah he he hit the post today he had another opportunity early in the game when Espanol choked it up after a uh, a goal kick the ball went right to Modric Modric plays Mariano through and he just tries to take an extra touch with his left oh, foot Oh right the one where he was winding up for like an hour it's Yeah like, yeah exactly the, the, what about the header that went over the bar cuz the uh, ESPN feed was really like harsh but like you can't Oh yeah 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 Did you I, yeah. I wasn't I was like okay it was a miss but like I think you guys are overreacting it wasn't like an open net or something <laughs> Yeah again that was a ball from Modric uh who played it in and I felt like I kind of get, I mean, I guess if it's elite level striker, like I kind of get the criticism from uh, Maka, but he, cause he was free. I mean, he was completely free. He got in between, it was good movement to get in between both center backs and, and find that space. But yeah, I mean, it was a good snap header. He just had to get it. You always hear it, get it on target, get it on target. And like, I felt like if he would have gotten it on target, it probably would have been a goal. Um, but it, it, I don't know that it was so easy that it was, should have been a guaranteed goal, like they were saying. Speaking of strikers, uh, Raul de Tomas also gets the standing ovation coming off the field. We've been linked with him in the past like 48 hours or so. <laughs> uh, you and I are massive Raul de Tomas yeah. fans. Is that an accurate yeah. statement? <clears throat> oh, yeah, definitely. I've, for his sake, I, I thought hope... he was really good in this game, too. Yeah, I mean, he's like 
he's always just his presence is there. I mean, he's also a good big game player too against whether it's us or Barca. For his sake, I hope he doesn't come here. <laughs> I don't want him to just turn into Mariano and Jovic. Yeah. I just, I just want him to have, have I want him to have a good career because they were they were people make a big deal about like we need a backup to to Benzema. Who who's going to be the backup to Benzema? I don't get that. I don't get what like what are we discussing here? The guy who has to play once a month, if that. Yeah, and I mean he's twenty seven years old. He's in the prime of his career. Maybe I could maybe see it if he was like twenty nine, thirty, and he's like, you know what, I want to do a couple of years at, at my yeah. dream club. But right now, after he's he's second in the Pachichi charts, like he's playing now for for Spain. I think if he does move, it's got to be to like maybe an Arsenal or a club like that where he'll be a guaranteed starter and continue to kind of bang in the goals. Like he's a 20 goal season striker, no doubt. So I I mean, let's realistically speaking, and we talk about depth and stuff, but I think we should gut Jovic Mariano. <laughs> Jovic, I know you love Jovic and I do too, but for his sake, it's not like, yeah, for his, it's for his, for his sake, sake. <clears throat> Jovic Mariano. And I don't think we need to bring anyone else in. Because I think Mbappe is just the backup striker. Like, if Benzema can't play, you just put M- you just put Mbappe in that role, and then you still have a bunch of great wingers to put around him. That's the solution. Yeah, and if you want if you want a guy who's gonna like, God forbid, both of those guys are injured or something, and you need someone who's gonna play the amount of minutes that Mariano and Jovic have played this season. So like once in a blue moon, then well, maybe no it point is of that person. Yeah, even maybe being it squad. is. Maybe it's a guy like Mayoral, or maybe it's a guy like Reynier. I mean. Even then, like so, let's be, let's be let's be honest about it though. Like, if a player like that in the squad exists, where like, oh my god, it's an emergency, you have to play him for the first time ever, and it's a big game. Like, let's even let's say, assume it's Ancelotti. He's not going to trust him. He's not going to trust him in that situation. He'll just put like he'll just put like Modric false nine. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's like the equivalent of like, oh, we need a defender. Everyone's dying. Alaba's has to be taken off, injured at halftime against Manchester City. You know, against Chelsea, it was we were we were scraping by. You're not going to throw Rafa Marina, Mario Gila in there. You're just going to put like Casemiro at center back or Carvajal at center back. That's what's going to happen. So even even then, I don't even see the need for the existence of that player who won't even play in that situation. That's just my opinion. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess <clears throat> the argument against that could be the games where it's not a big game and both those guys are out. Sure. So that's when they would play. But um, again, you could just argue, maybe you call up a kid from Castilla or something. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's to me, that's kind of what Castilla is for. And we got talent there. Scored a bunch of great goals today. Carlos Dotor, Arribas, Peter, some beautiful goals for Castilla this morning. Um, the Mariano miss header was a 0.32 on the XG chart. He also, the one that hit the, the post, which he should have, that was the one I think he should have done better one point five two. Uh, if in case anyone is interested from any tactics in this game or any numbers, two point three two was the XG we scored four goals from. Mariano had like point seven of that. <laughs> yeah, um, I thought I thought uh, you know we we spent a lot of time talking about Sebastian. Like Kamavinga was really good too. Yeah. Um, the ball the on Asensio's goal, the ball carry. I mean that's what he does so well and. He timed the pass to Asensio. There was a window where I thought, okay, maybe he missed it. 
but he hit the pass perfectly. And Asensio did well also to keep his run onside and not uh, not go overboard. And, and he just held his run well. And uh, a nice finish from him too. Any thoughts on thought on Kamavinga? Yeah, even um, how about that moment in the second half when he had already started to play center back? He wins the ball and then does like a little L turn with two players on him and then feeds it into the middle. Like that was a lovely bit of skill showed his technical quality. And I mean, he's, he's another guy. This is kind of my point about like rotational pieces coming into form in spring. Like sometimes it works out or it doesn't, he had a, he had a dip in form halfway through the season, kind of lost his confidence a bit, but now I feel like at the end of the season here, he's playing really well. I thought he played really well against city he came in, uh, he's come in, started tonight and, and played really well. And he's a guy that just looks like he's growing in confidence. It's a nice way to end his first season at Real Madrid. I mean, I think in terms of how things have gone his first season, uh, arguably, I don't think it, it could be much better just considering the players he's up against in midfield um, and considering his age and everything that that comes surrounding the club like he he has done really well he's integrated really well i think next year is going to be a big year for him we we all want to see him take another step make another and cruz and modric are obviously getting another year older and we've seen cruz struggle with some of the physicality in certain matches like i think next year could be a big year for kamavinga and I, I have no doubt he'll play more and he'll grow himself into it. And there will be growing pains, but he's just he's headed in the right direction. Um, anything else from this game? Um, subs okay. or I mean, I, I like by the time the subs came in, I <laughs> yeah, I just put my notepad away. Like it's, it was out. done. That, that was no longer. I'm not really analyzing anymore at that point. It's just a celebration. Um, if you're more professional than me, then we can take it further. <laughs> I mean, most of my most of my notes were just on like guys that don't play that much. So like a lot on like Sabios's Meg on Darder, mm-hmm. his fantastic block on an RDT shot. Um, other than that, not not much. Um, it it kind of like you said, like the second half, we were in cruise control. We were all thinking about the celebrations. Looking forward to that. Yeah, and I don't even know uh, what they're doing now in the summer because I'm not even watching. Um, but I just, I kind of hope that, <laughs> I hope that they're celebrating by just going to sleep early. Yeah. In a pitch black room with, <laughs> with perfectly, a, a perfect temperature for sleeping that gets you well rested, a full eight to 10 hours if possible, no alcohol, no drugs, fresh as can be. Show up to training on Monday. That's where I hope. That's what I hope they're doing, and I assume they will. I I don't think they'll go too crazy tonight because they know, like, literally, like the biggest game of the season is coming. Yeah. But I I hope that they, I hope that they rest. Is what I you know just get just take it easy tonight. Just, you yeah. can. There's so much time to celebrate. There's so much time. Really, yeah, what I'm saying is, you can season. stay up all night if you want because I think footballers probably do that anyway. But I just hope that there's no. <laughs> Uh, drug and alcohol consumption is my biggest worry. Just nothing yeah. that would even give you a 0.01% decrease in performance on Wednesday. Yeah. Get your eight hours of sleep too. Yeah, eight hours of sleep, at least. Um, there was uh, a few more things I wanted to, to, to touch on. And and this one that I want to bring up now is that I wanted to leave it as late as possible in the podcast. 
because I don't think it should be the overarching storyline by any means. It's kind of a subplot at this point, even but it's just kind of sad. Um, there was one person who wasn't on the field celebrating today, and that's obviously Gareth Bale. The fact that it came down to this is crazy, and I, I said this on Twitter yesterday, and it kind of confirmed to me because, like, it, it confirmed to me con- it was confirmed to me just the fact that he wasn't even in the stadium. Like, if if anyone was saying. Well, you know, maybe he really did have a back discomfort. I thought that missed the point. The point is that no one asked him to play. If he didn't want to play, he can he cannot play. But he could have chosen to be there for the celebrations at least. And the fact that he wasn't really show really proved how ugly this got. And it's just kind of sad. I don't know if you have any parting thoughts for him, but it it's it's really sad because I mean I think we were all of the opinion and hope that Marcelo, Isco, and Bale would all get a nice send off in the Santiago Bernabeu, maybe the last game of the season. Um, and I don't know if that's going to happen for Bale now. And I don't know that he deserves. I mean, it's hard to say he doesn't deserve it, but this behavior is just—it's inexcusable. Like, how can you not be there? It how seems can you petty. not? At really yeah, it's, you're the highest paid player in the club. You, you've made seven appearances this season and scored one goal. Yet you're not there to, to, to be there to support your teammates. The work you put in throughout the year, like it's just, I'm sorry, but like, I can't, I don't know. Like my, my, my upbringing and my like values, my, I would never in a million years do that. My, uh, my parents would have scolded me till no end if I did something like that. Like, it's just, I just, I don't understand it. I, I hope he has a legitimate excuse and maybe there's something I don't see here, but I just, I think it's inexcusable. I see it the exact same way. And <clears throat> regardless of how he feels treated by the club, whatever has happened in the past, I think. I think he has to put that behind him and put that pettiness aside and just be there. If not for the club, then be there for his teammates. That's my opinion. Put it aside. Put everything aside, even if even if it was just horrendous things that they've done to you when you want to be the biggest victim in the world, which I even doubt that was the case. Be there for the, gu- for the guys in the locker room. That's all I got to say. I'm disappointed with it. And I'm the biggest bail defender ever. I love him. I... I, I, I'll go on YouTube rants and podcast rants and article rants about we got to ease up on this guy. But today was um, he should have been there for the guys in the locker room. That's it. If you didn't want to be there for Carlo or Florentino or the board or the fans, be there for the guys. Those guys have been through thick and thin with you. They've supported you. They publicly all back you. And uh, you couldn't just be there to lift a trophy with them unless your back is broken like Batman, like, I don't think that was the case, you know, uh, which reminds me, I actually, for the chronological order, I was supposed to bring this up with you was I, I got it wrong. I should have brought up Isco first. When Isco scored the disallowed goal, I got kind of sad rather than getting happy. I was like, oh yeah. man. <clears throat> yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. He, uh... That That's another one that should have been, it's, it should have been a different, but again, I don't know what happened. I think it was Om that tweeted like, I want to read the book. When Isco writes it, what happened? What the hell happened here? I don't know what happened, but it kind of made me sad. Like, wow, that's another what if. 
I think like even if guys like Isco and Bale write write these books that we joke about, like we want to hear we want to hear it from them. I'd be one sided. There's yeah, one sided. There's a whole nother side of the story that I'd be interested to hear from a guy like Florentino Perez or or their coaches at the time and, and stuff like that. I think it I think you gotta be cognizant of that. And um at least with like Isco, I think when his time does come up this this year, like it'll be it'll be on good terms. Like it'll be on decent terms. He won't he won't be leaving the way Bale is right now. And I I mean I tweeted out before the game, like we are now along with Isco and Bale, like Marcelo, these are his last moments we are watching in a Real Madrid shirt. This is one of his last few games at the Santiago Bernabeu. There's only four left, including the semifinal against Manchester city, which he's, we don't know. He, he may or may not play, but I mean, this is, this is really it. And so I think we just gotta, we gotta take it in and hopefully I, I really hope that the club does something nice for those guys, especially Marcelo. Um, I hope we for once can, can do the sign off. Right. It looks like Marcelo is going to get the sign off. I mean, today was kind of a sign off in that sense. I mean, he had an assist, he lifted the trophy and it was, it was beautiful. I mean, he, he already got it, but yeah, I think there's even probably more coming for him because he's just so special. Um, as a Maridisa, as a, as a figure, as a captain, as a leader, as a player, everything, all of the above. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, the Isco, Isco one is weird. I, I don't have much to add. I feel like I've said my Isco things in the past. It's uh, it's that that's it was another one of those crazy situations. But <clears throat> um, it seems like he's worked his way into or at least out of the the Gareth Bale zone and has become this guy who's gonna who's gonna play some minutes here and there, make his peace and leave on leave on at least a, a respectable note in terms of like what was mutual and what they agree on and. I think he's, you can mark this one down. I don't even think it's a hot take. Isco's what, 28? How old is Isco? 29. Or I th- he may have just turned 30. He's 29. 30. He's 30. I got that like two years wrong. But I think Isco is going to be a pretty relevant player in La Liga for the next few years. Like, let's say three years. Um, probably Sevilla. I'm not sure. But I, 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 we haven't seen the end of Isco. But he, one of the I, two, I, one of the two clubs in Seville, probably. Yeah, one of those two. Which one do you prefer for him? Um, I actually think. I mean, don't forget when he plays the well in Malaga it was under Manuel Pellegrini. So, right. um, I actually but both think, both both teams have a, a a manager who believe in him. Exactly, and I think even though I'd actually think I prefer to see him in Betis because I think they're a little bit more. They're not as um system focused as Lopetegui's team Lopetegui Sevilla and I think if Isco has a little bit more freedom and can combine with guys like Canales and Fakir like that would be really fun to see and I think all he needs is continuity and he'll be again one of the the best players maybe not best players but top tier players in in La Liga well I tweeted this the other day um, because the Betis the Betis rumor kind of came out of nowhere and it's such a I mean between that and Sevilla um you know obviously two huge rivals and two enemies but I'm okay with either but Betis actually intrigued me I mean a, a, an attack like if you did like a 4-2-3-1 because Pellegrino likes to play that way if you did like a 
if you put like maybe Juan Mi off the bench, uh, as great of a season he's had, but you go Fekir, Canales, Isco, that's that's tasty. Maybe I, I don't even yeah. know like oh, if, yeah. if they get Ceballos too, and Ceballos just gets slotted into that double pivot as well. I mean, that's a that, I'd, I'd watch that's a must watch TV. Yeah, yeah, it's a must watch. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't have much else. No, neither, neither do I. I think um, we'll we'll enjoy this title win, and we got to focus on Wednesday now. Currently, Manchester City up three 0 to ninety first minute away to Leeds. Kyle Walker, this is a little bit of a new thing. Kyle Walker doesn't look like he's going to make it on Wednesday. Reading some of the reports now, that he's actually not on schedule to give you back by then. So uh, we'll see how that goes. You might have to see Cancelo and Zinchenko on the as on the wing back positions, but yeah. we'll see how that goes. But like me, Jose, and Sid are going to preview that game for free on the free podcast on Monday. So we'll we'll get into that later. We're not going to get into that much today, but I guess enjoy the title celebration. I mean, you guys can go out and go crazy if you want, as long as Real Madrid players don't do that. But you guys can, so enjoy it. Maybe you're not even, maybe you're not even listening to this podcast. Maybe you're already celebrating, and uh, and we would not blame you at all for that either. So enjoy it. Thirty-five league titles, obviously unparalleled, and incredible job by Ancelotti's men. Incredible season by, particular Karim Benzema, but. You know, I think once the league actually wraps up, we'll do the whole thing where we'll go through player by player and just talk about them and what they did. But um, remarkable stuff from several players. And it was led by Karim Benzema. And a much-deserved league title. It doesn't happen often that we win it with this much, this many games in advance. And now we can just focus on Manchester City. Let's do it. Let's get it. Let's get the double. Whatever it takes, let's get it done. And uh, we'll keep marching on and we'll keep doing these podcasts for you guys. And uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of the weekend. Matt, thanks for your time, buddy. And we'll we'll chat next time. Take yep. care. Thanks, Ken. Take care. All right, guys, you know the drill. Before we wrap it up completely and send you on your way on this fine Saturday, we're going to give a shout out to our patrons. So shout out to all of our patrons who support the show over on patreon.com slash managingmadrid. We love you all. Thank you so much for joining this ever-growing family, helping the whole thing grow. It's a, it's, a, it's a great project, and it's all thanks to you guys. So thank you so much. Shout out specifically to our $10 plus patrons, because if you pledge $10 or more, not only do you get a specific shout out on the podcast, but you also get guaranteed responses to your questions. So we have more than ever. So bear with me, because as you guys know, my voice has been dying the last three days or so. You can tell, but I also mentioned on yesterday's daily drop that my, my voice is starting to give out a little bit, but I'm going to try my best to do this without interruption. So shout out to <clears throat> Clear's Throat. So shout out to Brandon Alvarez, Willie Reed, Way Pering, Wamik Jamal, Umar Mahadi, Tyler Simon, Tyler Dixon, Tobias Arroyo Bacher, Tarek Goktas, Tamid Kalam, Sushank Damala, Sujaiwani, Sumanchu Singh, Shivam Tiwari, Sheikh Hatiri, Shamil Shabaz Sharapov, Sergio Arispe, Santos Solorzano, Said Mahad, Rishi D, Phoenix, Oscar Barrera, and Patrick Odayafari, Omar Ahmad, Nico Lazzo, Nicolas Zapatero Zubiara, Nicholas Moller, Nick Ribeiro, Nelson Masariego, Muxi Thengal, Mowgli, MJ Diego, Michael Zinberg, Marin Myrtle, Martin Ridman, Logan Stahl, Leon Stavronakis, Kunal Tilakar, Crystal Glass, Kevin Rivera, Jose Cruz, 
John Fernandez, Jeff Thurston, Jason Fitz, Graham Gerard, Gary Cohut, Frederick Rantakiro, Frederick Sundros, Faisal Hamdan, S.A. Davisito, Eloy Enriquez, Edward Sossman, Daniel Williams, Christian Toft, Christian Acosta, Charles Williams, Carlos J. Silva, Brendan Powers, Brandon Stevens, Austin Fury Erdman, Ashik Bashar, Armando L., Antons Rudenko, Anirud Singh, Alexis Saniceros, Alex Rose, Al Adar Zalukovic, Adam Dorsey, Bella Chow, Barun, Fabian Moreno, and Daniel Smith. We love you guys so much. Got through it. Take care and halamari. <laughs>